The following podcast may contain spoilers, profanity, and views or opinions that may not be representative of the author's intent of the articles discussed. We don't always take ourselves or the subject matter seriously either. Listener discretion is advised. The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. The Force is strong with us, and we hope it is strong with you. Welcome to another edition of the new Jedi Archives with Zach Hagenbusher and Ben Schultz. Why, hello, Zach. Hello, Ben. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very, very well. In fact, uh, I don't know. Things have been looking up. Things have been coming up Millhouse. We've had had so many people listen to this uh, podcast. No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm not going to brag about that. I don't know. We have a good chunk. We have a good chunk of people. Thank you to everybody who's listening. We love you, even though we don't hear from you very often. We'd love to hear from you more. Right? Oh, always. Always. You can call Ben... Uh, directly, you can stop at his home. I'll give you his address right now. No, I'm joking. Or uh, you can always hit us up at our email, uh, newjediarchives at gmail.com. Um, you can comment on the Galactic Network website when you see it go up. Uh, you can, I don't know, there's a lot of things. Find us on Facebook. Leave a review on iTunes. That would be cool. Wouldn't that be cool if we got one of those? That would be cool. That'd be really cool. Or whatever you listen to us through, leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Because obviously you're listening for a reason. If it's because you know us, that, that's cool. But I feel like there, there are people out there who don't know us that are listening. So thank you. Uh, enough about that, right? I know we've been kind of solo focused lately. What with the movie coming out? You mean it came out? Yeah, you I said, know. You said coming out. Coming out. like As it, if it was in the oh, future. I mean, uh, whatever. It, it came out. It's co- it, not, not it's coming out. Like, it did come out. Fine. It did come out. And we know what happens now. We know how it informs us about the Han Solo character. So, at the risk of being too Solo-focused, we've decided that this week we are going to talk about Han Solo, the last of the three main heroes of the original trilogy, to get his own episode of the podcast. You mean Han? Han. What was that, Han? <laughs> Han, give me a Colt 45, baby. So let's talk about Han Solo. Let's talk about Han Solo. Uh, ben, I, I wrote these key characteristics, characteristics of Han Solo down, and you can tell me, uh, judging on your opinion of the character, whether or not I was uh, close to the mark. Here we okay. go. Okay. Said he's brash. He's, yeah, he's a little too cocky. Okay, it gets him into trouble quite a bit. Uh, he is capable and a naturally skilled pilot, good with a blaster. The whole whole nine yards there. Um, he's absolutely willing to take what he needs to survive. Okay, whether that means killing someone or otherwise. Um, he is he has a heart of gold though, and he does care for the people who are in his life. Uh, and people who aren't in his life. Well, right, and bigger, larger causes that prove themselves to be worthy to him. Uh, and he doesn't handle the idea of real responsibility very well. Mm, I don't know if I'd say that last one. Okay. Uh, anything else of, about him that you could you would think to add to that list? I know deep down inside, he's a hero. He's the good right, guy. That was my Not heart a hero, of gold. Uh, the good guy. That was my heart of gold. Right. Yes. He he has a a a hard exterior, but inside he's just an old softy. Right. Yep. That's right. You old smoothie. Actually, that's what he says about uh, Lando. So, anyway, uh, Han Solo or Han, whatever his last name was. Uh, an orphaned child on Corellia, but he does have a solid memory of whose parents were. At least his father. At least his father. He he mentions that his dad actually put together ships like the Millennium Falcon um, for a living on Corellia. Before he got laid off. Before he got laid off, which 
that may have I, I don't know there's a lot to that right we, we don't hear a lot about his parents uh, other than that and he only mentions his father um, and, and he actually does, does he say his father's dead it could just be that he ran away maybe he's not an orphan I, I suppose that's possible I mean you would think if you had any other option you know other than serving Lady Proxima <laughs> Well, what if his father was a orphan gang? What is what if his father was a drunk who beat him regularly? That's possible. Sure. I mean, I, I guess you can't rule it out, right? Right. Uh, exactly. I mean, those the memories of the parents might not be positive. He does choose not to keep his proper surname when he's joining the empire. Now, off mic. After our last episode, we had talked about, you know, well, why didn't he give them his last name if he knew who his, what his last name would be? And I thought, well, it's possible that if he would have given them his real last name, they would have pulled him up in some sort of database and figured out that he wasn't someone who was supposed to be on that side of the gate, right? That he was, he, he, he would have been sent back to the terrible part of Corellia that he grew up in that he was trying to escape from. Well, but obviously the Empire doesn't really care, or he would need a last name in order to join. Right. They gave him a last name. They literally <laughs> made up a, per- a person here and said, Han Solo. Okay, there you go. Uh, but he, I mean, whatever. He, the way he describes it, is he says, I don't have a people. I don't have any people. I'm no one. Or I'm alone. That was, that's what he says. Right. Um, which... Could have just been a reflection on the situation with with Kira being recently separated from him. Or it could have been he he really felt that way, right? He he felt like his parents weren't his real, any kind of family to him at that point. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Well, what's your your judgment on the situation? You think that's possible? I think it was just uh, he was overwhelmed by Kira because based on the... Uh, welcome that he received when he returned to the Scrum Rat hideout for the White Worms, I think it is. Oh, sure. Okay. They were like, oh, Han's back. Han's back. Oh, sure. So, obviously, those people looked up to him. And it it would be hard to believe that he didn't have any emotion for them. Right. Yeah. That's a good, good point. Um, He does join the Imperial Academy, but he winds up flunking out for having a quote-unquote mind of his own. And we do see that on display when he mouths off to his uh, commanding officer uh, on Mimbam. Right. Uh, I, that doesn't shock me at all. doesn't shock me at all that things would have turned out that way. Uh, but he does take the chance to join Beckett's crew and get off of this planet, whether it means the Empire hunting him down or considering him a deserter or not. He, he doesn't care. Right. Well, he's focused on getting Kira back. Yes, he wants to be back with Kira, which at this point, it had been three years since they were separated on Corellia. Um, I, I guess kudos to the dude for, for keeping to his word <laughs> and keeping to his own personal compass, you know, to, to still continue to, to chase down that mission. But you would think that after that amount of time, especially with everything that can happen. I don't think kudos are in order at all. Well, I, well, you know what I mean. Like the fact that he is holding on to that ideal of I'm going to go back and I'm going to rescue Kira and we're going to get out of there. It's it's like after three years, you still feel like that's going to happen. That that to me, well, it was, why did he do it before then? Well, because he he couldn't do it before then. Why? I don't know what you're talking about. Like three years is a long time. Well, yeah, but he is serving in the Imperial military. Right, this but is, obviously he can desert. He can desert, but if you if you desert and try to just take an imperial ship without backup, I imagine you're not going to do you're not, not going to be very successful. This they was did a, just fine. This was a perfect combination of elements. He found a crew that already had a plan that was they were in the middle of executing that plan. They had infiltrated the ranks of the of the imperials and they were convincing the imperials, right, that that they were that they belonged there. I could see him He's not exactly the brains of the operation. You know, I, I I would think that he saw a plan, he saw an opportunity, and he took it. And this way he didn't have to try to come up with his own. I just, it seems odd that a different opportunity hadn't presented itself in three years. But whatever. Maybe, 
maybe not. Um, he, he was in and out of different branches of the Imperial military, so perhaps there just wasn't wasn't the chance. Uh, or perhaps he wanted to do it legitimately and and graduate and become you know part of the Imperial Army just to get a ship right, so that then he could he could go and do it and get her out because I mean the chances of him getting her out as an Imperial citizen. And and member of the military are much higher than just going there by himself, right? Okay, maybe that was his plan. That's a possibility. Um, on Mimban, he is uh, introduced. <laughs> that's you know taking it lightly to um, who would become you know his best friend in Chewbacca, uh, and we find out that he did in fact learn he he knew how to speak a little bit of the Wookiee language Shirwook, Shirwook uh, before meeting Chewbacca. So that's why he's able to understand him. Um, and that's kind of curious, don't you think? Where where would an orphaned kid learn how to speak Shirawook? Probably killing Wookiees on Kashyyyk. What? He was in the Imperial military for three years. So you think he would have been able to learn the language enough to understand it when it's spoken and even speak it himself? He only knew a little, he admitted he knew enough to understand Chewbacca in every situation. But he says I, I a little, yeah. When Chewbacca asks him, do you speak? He speaks a little, right. Right. But he understands a lot. Suppose, yes. We don't have any reason to believe he doesn't. But he was in the Imperial military for three years. We don't know what he served in between getting kicked out of the academy and when we see him. Sure. Okay. He could have been part of uh, Imperial Intelligence for a while. He could have been. He could have been doing a lot of things that they would have had to teach him that language. It makes more sense he learned it as part of the Imperial military than it does that he learned it as a scrum rat on Corellia. Yeah, fair enough. How interesting is it that as a scrum rat on Corellia? He's doing these jobs for this slug creature woman or whatever. Very much like a, uh, wouldn't you say, a scavenger? Yeah, probably, maybe. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, we might meet more scavengers in the future that play a key part in Han Solo's story. Just, uh, just saying. Okay, well we'll, well, we'll get to that. How about that? How about that little connection? Um... What do you think it is that keeps Han and Chewie together? Because, yeah, he, he is able to help Chewie get off of Minban, a terrible situation, obviously, um, and then get him, a, you know, this, to be a part of this crew, a part of this job. Yeah, Chewie is, is valued, you know, because of his strength. I don't know if they value him for much more, but they, they clearly see him as someone who could be valuable to the mission. Um, in fact, Chewie's kind of the selling point. Um, right, Chewie's the reason Han gets to stay. Yeah, because Han by himself at that landing pad, they probably wouldn't have landed. But they, um, what's his name? Uh, I forget Rio. what his name. Rio. There we go. There we go. So you saw, you saw the movie Rio once. You, you remembered. Rio uh, land, is able to basically convince Beckett to land because of, a, of the Wookiee. Now, that's an interesting character because that is the reason that Han identifies that they're not Imperial soldiers. It's one of the two pieces of evidence he uses when he talks to Beckett's crew. Right, because he notices the, you have laser burns arms. in your armor that aren't. They would be, but lethal. you're not dead. <laughs> yeah, and he—I don't remember what race he is. You're this race, and you've just got your arms tucked behind your back. Yeah, um, observant of young Solo, but he did. He used that information in a poor way. In a, it wasn't the best way to use the leverage that he had. Well, he didn't. He thought he had leverage, and he did not. And it turns out he did not. Just, in, just one of the um, many times that occurs. The many times that occurs. Uh, what do you think it is about Han, though, that draws Chewbacca to him? Do you think that it's his uh, his abilities? I mean, do you think that it's his? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say charm, but do you think it's like his? Um, his heart of gold. Do you think Chewbacca can see that? Because Chewbacca, we've seen, is a is a very heroic character. But do we know, like from what we've seen so far, 
<coughs> pardon me. Um, Chewie stays with Han during the job. Yeah. And then he goes back with Han. I'm assuming, I don't remember if we saw him or not, but I'm assuming he goes with Han to get the Falcon. He does, yes. So we see him doing a job. And we see him going to get back at Lando for abandoning them. And then we see him and Han flying off to join up with a to go gangster do more on work. Tatooine. To do more work. Yeah. I don't know if we've seen the thing that solidifies their eternal friendship yet. Oh, maybe not. You know what I mean? Because right there, that seems like employment. Okay. I, I'm not saying that we haven't. I mean, he does save Chewie's life a couple of times. He helps Chewie escape. He helps Chewie free that other Wookiee. So, I mean, he does some things that he's a, obviously a decent human being. Probably the first one Chewie's come across since the Clone Wars. Yeah. Because Chewie's like 190, I think he admits. Yeah. Um. So maybe he sees that in Han, but I don't necessarily think we've seen the thing that brings them together as friends yet. Sure. All right. That's valid. And I'm sure we'll get more of those solo movies anyway. So we'll, I, I'm sure we'll see even more of that development of that relationship, but uh, it is cool to see the beginning. I, I will say that. Um, Han does have a relationship with Kira. We've mentioned her before. Um, she winds up taking a much different path than he did. And that's simply out of necessity, I'd imagine, being uh, on Corellia the way that she was. Um, she winds up... Uh, it's heavily implied. She doesn't outright come out and say it. But she's just she's had to do a lot of things that she doesn't... She probably would rather have not. Well, she's, she's she's done a lot of things she'd rather Han not know about. That's for certain. Yes, for sure. Um, whether she feels any personal shame or whether that shame would come about only because she thinks Han would see her differently is debatable. But I think that the fact that she doesn't want Han to know about them does inform us that she does feel some sort of remorse. Because... Why would if she really didn't care, then why wouldn't she care that he knew if she if she really felt bad or ashamed for what she did, she would have left with Han instead of taking over uh, Dryden Voss's place in the Crimson Dawn. Yeah, that's fair enough. because she doesn't have to report to Maul. Right, she could have just run away. Well, but then you could you also... Everybody argue, else is dead. She would have just looked like a casualty. Light the ship on fire, you can't identify the burn bodies, done. Blow the ship up, they were supposed to be getting coaxium. That is extremely dangerous and volatile. Oh, sure, okay. There's a million ways she could have gotten away with it. Those are just two off the top of my head. But in sh instead she stays and she takes over as... And uh, takes over the reins of power. Right. Um... Perhaps she saw that as her best opportunity at that point. I, but she I'm sure kill, she did. But she doesn't kill Han. She lets him live. Well, but that she has a soft spot for Han, I mean, that's a tie to her past and a better person she could have been. But that doesn't necessarily mean she's ashamed of what she became. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, anyway, back to Han. I definitely, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, so that that's the lesson, I guess, to be learned from that situation, right? When when he thinks that she's coming with him, and then she flies away, it's like, oh, so this whole time I might have been played. Right. A bigger betrayal than even Beckett's betrayal. Definitely. Because Beckett's betrayal was spelled out. <laughs> Beckett's betrayal we all pretty much saw coming. Right. right? That was that was gonna happen the minute Beckett said I'm out. Nope. You knew where he was running. That was not shocking. But it, I guess it was a little shocking. Ah oh, no, maybe not shocking. That that's sort of like when Han kills Beckett, right? Han shoots first. <laughs> when Han kills Beckett, um he, I mean he is doing it out of survival because Beckett was going to kill him. But it also shows, you know, I don't know, kind of a cold mentality to it, right? I guess well, you got to do what you got to do. I don't necessarily think it was cold. He was, Beckett had already betrayed Han once. You, you 
I already gave you an opportunity and let you go. Right. I'm not giving you a second shot because the second shot is going to end up with me dead. So Han and Chewie, with the exception of Lando, but out of out of the crew that they wind up meeting to get off of Mimban, Han and Chewie are the only ones who survive. Yep. Because Beckett is killed, Val dies on the bridge, Rio dies in, in that mission as well. Val sacrifices herself. Yeah. Um, and Beckett doesn't care, which upsets Han, actually. No, Beckett does care. What do you mean? No, Val doesn't, Beckett doesn't want Val to die. Right. But when they're talking about it afterwards, and I can't remember what, if it's Han saying something or Han translating for Chewie, but they talk about how tragic that is. And Beckett's like, that's eh, just a job. Oh, no, I don't think that I don't recall that, but I could be wrong. I think what you're thinking of is when Han is when Beckett says, hey, you shouldn't be messing around with Kira. Um, you know, our, our crew works, but it doesn't work with her. Oh, and he's like, well, you had Val. You had Val, and Beckett says, don't trust anybody. Like, in, essentially implying that he never really trusted her to begin with. Right. Okay, I, I, that may be what I'm thinking of. That but might be what you're thinking Anyway, the, the point is, that's a shock for Han. Two, I think. Yeah. Because as far as he was concerned, Val and Beckett had the same thing he and Kira did. And they kind of did. The problem is he thought he was Beckett in both roles, and he's not. He's not. You know what I mean? He was actually the Val <laughs> in this situation. Uh, he winds up, uh, we can only assume, granted, at this point in time, as of this recording, that the gangster in, on Tatooine that Han is going to join up with is none other than Jabba the Hutt. So that would make... Han and Jabba associated for at least seven years, right? Which makes sense because in the deleted scene of A New Hope, or we know Jabba has some kind of soft spot for Han. He does. He 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 admits it as much in the Mos Eisley spaceport. He says, "Oh, Han, my boy, you're the best." You know, right? He lets Han step on his tail. He lets Han get away, right? I mean, if if anybody else had dropped that spice, they probably would be dead by now. If anybody else had killed Greedo in the middle of the cantina and, and escaped that bounty, escaped that death, then they probably would have been killed. But Jabba lets him go and says, okay, fine, I'll, I'll let you repay me, plus 15%. Steps on his tail in the center Steps of Gamorrean guards. In front of his bounty hunters, in front of a cavalcade of people, including Boba Fett. Right, and that's fine. It's fine. So Han must have really ingratiated himself to Jabba. And I, I would be very interested to see how that happened. Um, but, of course, we know that Han winds up coming across a, uh, a, a golden opportunity for him, at least he thinks so, uh, with transporting this farm boy named Luke and this crazy old dude named Ben. And away Without they are. Without any imperial entanglements. That's right. And no imperial entanglements. Oh, it's that kind of job, eh? And he winds up uh, being pulled into the rebellion, uh, which is something that he is initially resistant to. But he does turn around, help Luke destroy the Death Star. By scaring the pilot who ultimately knocks Darth Vader out of... Right. And... uh, because that's what he does. He kills one. He, he scares kills one, the pilot. He kills one. He scares the that scares the other, and, and the other guy hits Vader out of the trench. Vader, yeah, right. Um, so and, that guy is dead, and he sticks around. Uh, though the rebellion offered him the money, right? They did give him the money that he was asking for. Yep, and he could have gone and repaid that debt immediately. In fact, he probably should have gone and repaid that debt immediately. I wonder if he gave the money back. Maybe he did, but for well, but we don't know that. We don't know that. For several years, he hangs out with these folks. Okay, he hangs out with Luke. He hangs out with the Princess Leia, who he obviously has a thing for, even though he's just a scruffy looking. That's right, he's nerf a scruffy herder. looking nerf herder, and she, of course, doesn't want anything to do with him. Well, that's that all kind of comes to a head. So much so that she makes out with her brother to prove her point. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at that. I'll make out with my brother. I'll make out with anybody. 
Right, except you, you scruffy nerf herder. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. That is a little odd to think about. Well, you know what? Then that makes it okay, right? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She didn't know, people. She didn't know. It is interesting to note that Leia is a lot... Um, she's a lot younger than Han, right? I mean, has to be at least 10 years younger. Because if Leia and Luke are like 19 or 20 in A New Hope... Han has got to be like 30. Yeah, right? he's like 32, I think, officially. I think he's born 32 BBY. Okay, well, in, in the original. No, canon. no, in canon now. Okay. I think he's born 32 BBY because he's 66 when he dies. Okay. Which is 34 BBY. Okay, sure. And, if memory ABY. serves, I could be off on those numbers. Well, but still, that makes him, you know, at least a decade older than Leia. I, what do you think it is? I mean, it, I, I, not that it's like, oh, I'm attracted to the older man, right? Like, I don't know if it's so much that. Well, I think you've got part, partly the older man. You've got partly the bad boy. Because let's face it, Han is the bad boy of the rebellion. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, you've got guys like Cassie and Andor. Who's, he's dead by this point. Well, but like spies, like legitimate rebel spies who are killing people left and right all the time we don't see any other one on film so we can't say that they have more maybe all of them died on scarif oh okay fine they all died on scarif god damn that that was the worst mission ever <laughs> right why did we do this which is why she's so mad later on when poe disobeys <laughs> orders because the last time it happened we wiped out all of rebel intelligence <laughs> damn it um no uh He's definitely the bad boy of the rebellion, at least the part she interacts with. Which is so different from anything else that she's ever experienced, really. Right. So I think that's it. And you're in this high tense situation, and that leads to heightened emotions. Plus, who else gropes her when they're in the middle of a gunfight on Endor? Nobody. That's right. Uh, Only Han has the nerve to do that. This is a Galactic Network podcast. We are the Else Nerds. Hello, I'm Gregor Sprague, and this is the Else Nerds. Now, what are the Else Nerds? Well, it's myself and Corey Scott, along with our producers, Beatmaster and Evan Rockney, as we talk about everything that is on our nerdy little heart, whether it be comic books, movies, TV shows, video games, cell phones, the moments that we're walking down the street and a person says hi, it doesn't matter. We talk about everything, and you can find it at elsenerds.com. For more on this Galactic Network podcast, go to gncast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T. Yes.com. Han and Luke have an interesting relationship too. Um, it's it's kind of a kid brother thing, right? Uh, but at the same time, you know, they're I don't know. I guess that that's it, right? Han probably looks at Luke as as a young a young maybe not maybe not a younger version of himself, but you know I, he doesn't think, have any parents either. Actually, right? I think he does see him as a younger version of himself in light of the solo movie. Yeah. I think he sees him as the young, naive kid who's getting taken advantage of and needs to be rescued. Because Luke has both feet jumped into this rebellion thing. And I think Han remembers the beach and Kira sailing away. And he's hoping that Luke doesn't have to have that moment. Right. right? So he's, come on, come with us, kid. Yeah, don't die don't die for these stupid rebellion people. Right. He tries to convince because he tries to convince Luke not to go and battle for the Death Star. So why does he stick around? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of comic books and such that the both of us have not read, so we don't have that context. But and besides Han's ultimate desire to do good in the galaxy, which is which is what seems to prevail a lot of the time, at least in the original trilogy. Um, what I. I how do you do that, right? How do you give up? I mean, I guess you're already living a life of crime if you're smuggling. So what's smuggling for the rebellion? Well, there's a couple of different things at play here. First off, you're right. Being a criminal is being a criminal. Second of all, the universe is a much safer, or the galaxy at least, is a much safer place for Han Solo when the Empire does not have a stranglehold on everything, and the yeah. Death Star would give him that. Yeah. And Leia's hot. 
<laughs> and Jabba's hunting him. And the rebellion provides some level of protection from the hut. And as we discussed, you, we mean, the, know, you mean the rebellion provides him some level of protection, right? The rebellion provides him some level of protection from Jabba. Okay. And we don't know that he gave the money back. He could have come back to help and kept the money because we see him loading it, right? Right. He could have kept it. There's nothing to say he didn't. Well, but then why wouldn't he have immediately repaid the debt? He's just caught up in so many things. If he shows back up in Jabba's palace, Jabba's going to be like, oh, ho, ho, you are a rebel now. Ho, ho, ho. Well, the other thing is, like I've posited numerous times, and until something on screen proves me wrong, I think Han kept the spice and sold it himself. Oh, because he has those hidden compartments that the Empire can't scan. So when he's like, well, even I get boarded. So what? You're prepared for that. You're prepared for that because Lando was prepared for that. We fucking know it because you use that very thing two scenes later. Right, when you're putting everybody into it to escape right. the Empire. And the Empire scanning. scans you and then boards you. And you still get the drop on the Imperial troops that are on the ship scanning for life signs. Right, because you have the compartments. Right. So, um, you know, yeah, he could pay Jabba back, but on the other hand, he could be filthy fucking rich. Speaking of Lando, uh, he winds up running into his old friend or having to rely on his old friend Lando after he and Leia and Chewie and uh, Goldenrod... Lando's are, not a system. ...are a separated person. from the rest of the Rebellion. Uh, now, we don't know what brings them together at this point. We, we, in Empire Strikes Back, we are immediately let, you know, informed that Lando used to own the Millennium Falcon. Right. But it's now been seven years since, you know, more, maybe even ten years since Han won the Millennium Falcon from Lando in that game of Sabacc. We also know that this is the second mining colony that Lando's owned. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So he apparently has a thing for that. And he apparently won the last one in the game of cards. I don't know how he won this that, one. I, I think he Also, won. I don't know if he owns this one. He calls himself the administrator. He may have been hired for this one. Could be. Yeah. Um, which would make sense. He's got the resume. <laughs> he is an entrepreneur. <laughs> Uh, I used to run robot fights. I can handle your Cloud City mining facility. That's right. It does seem that um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that Solo, the most recent movie, uh, heavily implies that Lando is attracted to Han. I didn't see it, but I didn't really care. Could be. Oh, oh no. I mean, I didn't really care either. It, I think it, it's an element, though. It's an element of their. It wouldn't their be out of character for Lando, in my opinion. No, I don't think it would be either. Like he he does he flat out calls him adorable at this at the sabak table. Um, you know, one thing I know we're getting off solo for a second here, but just struck me as interesting. One of the scenes we have with droids being tortured is on Cloud City. Um, because that's where C three PO gets torn apart. Well, no, he's blown apart by a stormtrooper. Right, but he goes to that droid forge thing. Well, that's the garbage. Like, his, okay. his pieces are collected and thrown in the trash, Any, and that's what anyway, the are doing down there. The, the, point, the point that I'm making is, now that we've met L3, it's really weird that droids aren't treated better on Cloud City. What the fuck happened to Lando? Droids are treated just fine on Cloud City. That droid, 3PO, was already destroyed when he was thrown down in the garbage. No, he wasn't, because he could talk. No, he, he was couldn't. Still, at he that, at he that still point, had a personality. But he couldn't talk. Chewbacca had to put him back together. Just He just put his head on his torso. He carried him around in parts for a long time. Well, he had to power him on. Like, he had to switch him back on. I imagine that there was more to it than than picking up his head and talking to him. You know, he couldn't. Okay, but even so, just switching him back on, that seems, it seems odd for that to be the end of a droid's life when he could obviously be repaired because he was, given how pro-droid L3 was, and that was Lando's right-hand 
man, right hand woman, right hand droid. Sure. Um, I think that Lando, he was the administrator, but he obviously wasn't in control of everything. And uh, I think that that maybe that moment and that sequence with Chewie playing catch with the Ugnaughts um, speaks more on the uh, attitude of the Ugnaughts than it does on Lando. I just think, I just think it, it's interesting in that the administrator would have administrated that better. Maybe. Or maybe he doesn't care about the garbage. Well, but considering that droid garbage after spending all that time with L3. But he doesn't know that about. droid. He doesn't know that droid at all. It doesn't matter. Not all droids are the same. Not hey, all droids hey, have well, the same. I don't know a lot of people, but I still don't want them killed and thrown in the garbage. Well, no, but he didn't even know about that. Remember? He, he says something. You got a problem with your droid? You know, like when he sees the, the pieces of 3PO and Han says, no, we're good. All right, Which anyway. is also very interesting, right? Because Han doesn't give a shit about Goldenrod. Well, well, they've been in that situation before, though, right? Lando's like, you're having a problem with your droid? And Han's like, no, we're good. Like, Why were you such a baby last time, Lando? Yeah, yeah. I'm not crying. You see <laughs> like, me? This My is droid what, got blown up, and I don't care. This is what you do. You fix the fucking droid. <laughs> you, fix, you fix the fucking droid instead of putting her on my cockpit. By the way, thank you for that. <laughs> right. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I've been saved. You so want to go times. talk to your robo-girlfriend? Oh, that also makes it so much shittier when Han gets the Falcon back. Oh, right. Because now you've literally you've taken right. You've taken L3 away, too. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even think about it that way. Lando really gets fucked in that. Oh, yeah. Lando gets fucked hard. I don't understand why anybody would. How are they friends? I need to see that movie. I need to see that for sure. I guess that that's, yeah, that's why I brought up Lando in the first place. Han and Lando, you have no idea why they're still friends. But for some reason, Lando feels enough of a uh, of of a, a kinship with Lando, or, or, or uh, Lando feels enough of a kinship with Han that he gives up everything. Granted, the Empire had now invaded Cloud City, and they were planning on staying there. There was no independence for Lando at that point. He would have had to hang around and be under the thumb of Darth Vader and the Empire forever. Well, and and Vader made it clear that there is no dealing with the Empire. Right. Even if you think you've made a quote-unquote deal, right. I he has altered the deal. The deal. So pray, pray he does I don't not alter, alter it any for, further. Right. Whatever you think we made arrangements doesn't matter. I'm doing what I want to do because I'm Lord fucking Vader. Right. And if you got a problem with it, you can be like that dude over there. Right. Who's choked to death. Uh, so Lando abandons Cloud City, helps rescue Han from Jabba the Hutt. After steals Han's clothes first. But in Carbonite, steals Han's clothes first. Which might actually be Lando's clothes now that we think about it. Oh, hey, maybe. Maybe Han <laughs> stole Lando's outfit? Because we know that there's a costume God, chamber in the Falcon. God damn it, Han. I knew that you were wearing my clothes. And what happened to my 45 packs of Colt 45? Where are all my capes? Where are all my capes? You didn't let me get those off the ship before you took it, you son of a bitch. That was my one thing about, um, I did love Donald Glover as Lando, but he, I, there were only a few parts of that movie where he really tried to sound like Billy Dee Williams. And when he did, he didn't really have, he didn't have the voice, right? The swagger that you needed to yeah, pull it, it off. He didn't have the same, the same Billy Dee. Any, any way. Uh, Han is key, then, to defeating the Empire. He leads that raid on Endor, um, the the strike team on the ground, to destroy the shield generator. Uh, and he is able to successfully do so. And though away they are, right? They blow up the second Death Star. Everybody's happy on Endor, so happy that they conceive a child. And uh, who knows if that was on purpose or not. <laughs> True, it could have been a shotgun wedding. <laughs> could have been a shot. Who, who like, shotgun? Like Anakin's force ghost shows up and he's like, you knocked up my daughter. Yeah, I was going to say, who shotgun? Everybody's parents are dead. I am a force ghost, motherfucker. <laughs> I will haunt you forever, wherever. You will make, you will marry my daughter. You will marry my daughter. I can show up as both Darth Vader and Anakin. At the same time. How about that? He looks like Anakin. He talks like Darth Vader. I'm powerful enough that I can force choke your ass. That would be pretty powerful from beyond. But we've seen Yoda do 
worse, right? Right. He can, he can manipulate the weather. And Yoda wasn't the chosen one. So no. presumably Anakin can force choke from the other side. You would think. Uh, Han does try to play it straight from that point forward. You know, he, he tries to have a legitimate career as what else? A racing pilot, which actually makes a lot of sense, right? If he wanted to become a pilot from the beginning and he has this natural affinity for it, if you want a legitimate career where you can use your position, use your relative fame to your own advantage, why not become a race car driver, right? Like, and his, his wife is a senator? Yeah. First senator? Yeah. Um, so it might be a pretty sweet gig, but it doesn't really work out. He, um, And this is where my idea that he really can't handle real responsibility comes in. He, he can't handle the pressure. It's the, the idea of a family, of like a stable family life, um, apparently eludes him. And I don't know if it's before or after his son. It's, it's after we, we looked it up when we talked about That's Leia. Right. Okay. It, it, it is so it the is fall after. that causes them to it separate. It is the fall that causes them to separate. But, uh, I mean, the decision to send Ben, to, to send ben away, I don't think that that was particularly well received either because luke does say han was han about it right i mean i i would think that that put that that might have been the, the thing that put the friction between han and luke in the first place. well sure he doesn't want his kid going off learning about hokey religions well no because he, he he admits to finn and ray that the hokey religions are true. Well, no, I just, I was being Han about it. Oh, sure. Because that's what he says when... I don't want no newfangled Jedi nonsense on the dinner table. Look where that, look where that got you and Kenobi and your dad. That's right. They're all fucking dead. I want my kid to have both his hands. <laughs> both his hands and both of his eyes. And I want him to not be strapped to an asthma tank. Plus, and I'm just speculating here. Um, there's a good chance that Han Solo has met Darth Maul. You're right. If presumably he's going to go after Kira in the next movie, and Kira is now lieutenant to Maul. I mean, he's met Darth Maul. He's ha he's confronted Darth Vader. Maybe he doesn't want his kid having that kind of power to begin with. But at the same time, if your kid already has the power... And is not able to control said power. Well, right, but even if Luke, even if Luke is amazing and the best person in the whole world, seventy-five percent of all the Jedi that Han has personally encountered, or Force users that Han has personally encountered, have are the epitome bad. of evil. Yeah, have turned or bad. or are crazy old men that get people killed, which is interesting that he would go along with his son being named after one of those old men. Yeah, I don't know why they named Ben Solo Ben. I mean, from a real-world perspective, from outside of the movies, I think it was to mix in the the kids, right, from the legacy era together. Right. To be like, well, there was a Ben Skywalker, and we know that the Solos had kids, so... Here's the one kid, and we're going to name him Ben. But from a practical standpoint, Luke is the only person it makes any semblance of sense to name a kid after Ben. I was thinking about this, and I thought maybe Leia said, you know, we, as in her and Han, never would have met had it not been for Ben Kenobi. Well, and, and ostensibly, Ben Kenobi's name wasn't Ben. It was Obi-Wan, right? It was Obi-Wan. So Luke, <laughs> Luke is the only one who's like, Ben! Name him Ben. <laughs> this is how it happened. It's a boy. You will name him Ben. We'll name him Ben. That's how it happened. No. That's the only way that makes sense. You would never violate them like that. That would never happen. Oh, right. I, that's, that's my opinion on that. He would never violate them like that. No, I, I don't. Unless Han knows somebody else named Ben. It's a fairly common name. It's a kid I grew up with on Corellia. His name's Ben. Could be. Good he man. reminds me a lot of this guy that saved my life when I was an Imperial Infantryman. His name was Ben. <laughs> so, here we go. Right, you know what His I mean? His name is Ben. It just so happened that the old man 
also went by the name of Ben. Because his name could be like, I mean, it is Star Wars, so his name could be Ben Wachtopopop. But perhaps perhaps Han then also saw it that way, right? Like, none of this would have happened had it not been for Obi-Wan. And I never really knew him as Obi-Wan. I knew him as Ben. Because Luke kept calling him Ben, blah, 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 blah. I guess. I think it's more likely that Han just knew somebody else. Let me honor the old wizard. Why? I don't know. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. Just like a lot of Star Wars. But that's now, what, that's if his name would have been about. named, if he would have been named Bale Solo, that would have made perfect sense. Yeah. If he would have been named Kira. No, I'm kidding. No, but Bale would have been fine. It's Adventure Time. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. If he had a daughter that was named Kira, that would make perfect sense. Well, he didn't have a daughter, but he did have a female look up to him as a father figure. Hmm. If that makes any sense. And that, uh, that in fact, would be Rey. Uh, I, Han Solo was a father figure to Rey in the same way that Obi-Wan is a father figure to Luke. Yeah. Like, half a movie and dies before the Death Star. Right. I'm not saying that it was logical, but, I mean, she was also an orphan on a... There are a lot of fucking orphans yeah, in Star Wars. on a backwater planet. Granted, Corellia was not a backwater planet, but, it, I mean, I don't know. It kind of seems like it was. No, it's For- got a big drive yard. They make lots of ships. Corellia okay, is so rich. so not backwater, just impoverished, apparently. Under the Empire, at least. Um... So they come from very similar backgrounds, much like Luke, right? Luke is an orphan. On Tatooine, Han sees this opportunity to put him straight. Rey is an orphan from Jakku. It helps that she got his ship back for him. But I think that... That hunk of junk? That hunk of junk. That piece of garbage. (laughs) I think that's what she refers to. That ship is garbage. Yep. The garbage will do. Uh, And she's able to pilot it very well. You know, right from the get-go. Um, I, th- I think that, obviously, he's got to see a lot of himself in her, too. Right down to being a scavenger. I mean, if it wasn't for her, he never would have came back to begin with. Right? If it's not for Ray and Finn, which, granted, that's the Force, right? That's the Force intertwining and interweaving. But if it wasn't for Ray and Finn, they, he never would have never would have owned up to his mistakes with Leia. Uh, never would have tried to reconnect with the resistance, never would have tried to confront his son. And then what happens? He just, he and Chewie keep tooling around the galaxy. They stay alive. They stay alive in the galaxy. So what you're telling me is Ray and Finn killed Han Solo? A little, but he obviously is a very big piece of why the First Order is able to be defeated, of why the, uh, Starkiller base is able to be taken down. Um, and is he? Yeah. He comes up with the plan to infiltrate to. Uh, yeah. Okay. And if it's not for him turning around and saying, Hey, these fighters, you know, Poe Dameron and the gang, they're not going to last long up here. They can't penetrate the, the armor. So we've got explosives. Let's use them. He's the one who suggests that Finn and Ray are just ready to fucking book it. Get off the planet. Um, and if it, I guess you could say he probably would have survived had it not been for Harrison Ford deciding he wasn't going to do the movie unless no, Han died. No, had it not been for uh, confronting his son. Uh, I think it is clear that Han Solo is not a. Uh, I don't think he's a guy you'd want as your dad. I don't know. I think he's a dude who would make like a cool uncle, right? Like if he doesn't have to actually have the responsibility of raising the kid, maybe he can be like the guy the kid looks up to when he's growing up. Well, but that's all he would have been anyway. Well, but that's not true. Ben was sent away to Jedi school with Luke. Right. But you don't think that Ben resents that? The fact that apparently he does right. The fact that both of his parents kind of let him go in that way, and I, I don't know with with Han being the kind of person. Both that of he his is, parents sent him to be with a kid, a person who wanted to or tried to murder him. 
Right. Eventually he comes to that conclusion. But I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't don't, know. I don't think we have any evidence that Han Solo is not a good dad. Okay. Kylo, I guess we only have Kylo Ren. We only have his account of the situation. Well, and, and Kylo doesn't really account for their childhood, other than the fact that he doesn't. He wants to kill Han Solo. Well, he does. He does say to Ray, "He's like the father you never had. He would have disappointed you." Right, but how much of that is uh, Snoke? That's what I mean. Yeah, it, it, the only person we know about it from is Kylo Ren himself, and we don't know that his opinion is not colored. colored. But it, it does. I I don't think it's too far of a stretch. For me to say that I, I don't think I would want someone like Han Solo as my father, like my dad in my life. Like, oh, this is my dad. Like, I, I'm 10 years old, 11 years old. He's ra- like, quote unquote, raised me. Right. It just doesn't seem like he would be the kind of guy who would take a really hands on role in that situation. I don't know. I actually think he would. I think the exact opposite. I think he might not know how to take a hands on role well. But I think because he, because his his own father was either not a good dad or an amazing dad, one of those two, because the other reason he may not have wanted to give his last name is because he did, that would have been admitting to his father what he had become. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe he didn't want to dishonor his father by saying, your son is a shitty person joining the empire. Your your son was a scum or a, a scrum rat. That's possible. So, um, in either case, if he had a great dad, then he had a good example to be a good dad. And if he had a terrible dad, I think that would make him try that much harder. So I don't necessarily think it's automatic that Han Solo. I'm not also not saying he would be a good dad. I'm just saying I don't think we can assume he was a bad dad. Okay. The other thing is, when you're a teenager, even a good dad pisses you off because being a good parent is part of that is limiting your kids and stopping them when they do things wrong. You know what I mean? My kids get disappointed all the time because I tell them, no, you can't do that. And that disappoints them. But I have a reason for telling them no. And it's because not because I'm a shitty parent who just wants to ruin their lives. Right. Uh, Kylo Ren is obviously affected by killing his father. Um, but not in the way he expected to be. But not in the way he expected to be. Uh, and we see the echoes of Han's death in episode eight um, with the dice and with the fact that Luke was never really able to make peace with him. Um. Strike me down, I will haunt you forever. I would think that... Just like he will. Do you think that Kylo will continue to be haunted by the murder of his father going forward in in the sense that it will become a a topic of conversation in Episode Nine? I don't know if it'll become a topic of conversation, but I think ultimately trying to make that up, to, to make amends for killing Han Solo, will ultimately what? Ultimately, what brings Kylo Ren back from what we think of as the dark side? Okay. Possibly. Um, I don't... I don't know. And it's got to be hard growing up in the shadow of General Solo. And... Senator Organa solo. But I don't, I mean, that clearly wasn't something he really wanted to own, right? If Han wanted to be General Solo, he would have stuck around in the Republic, right? Well, but if you remember correctly, and this is more evidence that Han was not a bad dad, he tried to get Leia to retire so they could just be a family. Oh, yeah, okay. He wanted her to stop. Let's stop with this. We did our part. We saved the galaxy. Now let's get our piece of the pie. Let's go spend time with our kids and and have a life. And she did not want it. And that that ultimately could just be what led to them breaking up anyway. Right. Um, Once they didn't have the kid to keep them together, it was like, well, we want two different things. So we're out. Goodbye. 
And he does make his peace with Leia, but he's not able to make his peace with Luke. I think ultimately Han Solo is not the the th- the cool dude in the in the in the cantina this, with the ladies around him. Remember that um, there was the um, it wasn't kept in the movie, but there's an extended or deleted scene or deleted sequence from A New Hope where Han is speaking with a woman in the cantina. I think maybe even two of them. I think he still is that cool dude from the cantina. I I don't think he is. I think I think the real Han Solo comes out in the moments where. He thinks he has a cool plan, and then it's, it doesn't wind up being as cool as he as he wants it to be. Whether that is trying to come up, trying to pass off a detention area as a place where a reactor might be leaking, or running down a hallway after a couple of stormtroopers <laughs> and to coming around the corner and finding a whole garrison of them. See, I think that's just happenstance. I think the real parts where we see real Han Solo are where he turns around to come back to help Luke. Well, yeah. Where he goes out in the storm to find Luke on Hoth, where he cuts the Tauntaun open to put Luke inside while he's making a shelter to save Luke's life. When he goes up, or when he decides he's going to um, lead the attack on Starkiller Base, and ultimately when um, Kylo says he, something about, I need your help, and he's like, anything. I would do anything for you, you know, and then ultimately that's when he dies. Han's character, the only consistent thing that we have seen from Han's character is that he really, he sacrifices himself for the people around him and he doesn't always want to, but he always will. Because that's what we always see him do. I will always ultimately put aside what I want to do what needs to be done. That's the only thing we consistently see that is Han's character. That's fair enough. I don't know if I can top that. That's that's really good. Uh, and with that, I think we're done with our discussion on Han Solo. Uh, in the future... Until a new movie comes out. Well, right, until, <laughs> until we get Solo 2 or whatever and... Uh, it turns out Han kills Darth Maul. I know, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, you know how pissed off that would make me? <laughs> he kills Darth Maul. Oh, only- he can't. He can't because Obi Wan. I, I know. Darth that's Maul. what I'm saying. He kills Darth Maul only for Darth Maul to come back to life again. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I would be pissed off if he fights with Darth Maul because then the hokey religion has got to be shit. That comment oh, still sure. there, so he really can't encounter Maul. Yeah. Um. But if he fights with Maul, then he better be using a bowcaster. Because if you're gonna fuck up movies, you might as well fuck them all up. <laughs> you might as well just right. have him use Chewbacca's bowcaster. If you're gonna fuck up the movies, you might as well just go in hard, no loop. <laughs> Even the movies you made, right? Right. Just, that, you're going to fuck Disney them movie. hard, fuck them hard. Be done with it. That's right. And with that, uh, we're going to wrap it up, and we want to thank you for listening to another issue of the new, another edition, I should say, of the new Jedi Archives. Uh, you can find us on Spreaker.com, the original home of the podcast, GNCasts.com, GNCasts.com, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we've, we've actually seen a lot of people are using a lot of different methods to listen to the show. Um, and please share it with your Star Wars loving friends, because if you don't, then no one else will ever find it. No, that's that's <laughs> that's not true. Some people have found it at some point or another, but we would like more people to find it so that we can meet more of you. Um, we're going to have some things coming up very soon, I would think, over the summer um, that we will will be actually out and about. Oot and boot, as yeah, the Canadians stop would in and say. say hi. So you'll have to stop in and say hi because uh, we are we're going to be announcing that hopefully shortly. Uh, and I have. Uh, I, I think that we're planning on talking about some of those TV shows that we've been talking about for a while. Um, Star Wars Rebels Season 3 is something we definitely need to discuss sooner rather than later. Okay. And uh, I we've also been talking about Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures as something that is, uh, I think you're going to really get a kick out of. So Cool. Um, I'm excited to watch them. I think that we should definitely talk about those things next. What do you think? 
Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. How about let's plan for Rebel Season 3 in two weeks' time. Until then, Ben, may the Force be with you. And also with you, Zach. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.